Welcome to the Rethink ELA podcast, hosted by English language arts teacher, Michelle Waters. Prepare to receive strategies, products, and expert advice tailored to help teachers build social awareness, student agency and voice in their ELA classrooms. Welcome to the Rethink ELA podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Boyd-Waters. As English teachers, we all have a story about what inspired us to be the teachers, and in some cases writers, that we are today. I wrote about my story and shared it with you last June on the blog. Basically, my 7th grade English teacher conspired with the 8th grade yearbook advisor and others to insist I join the yearbook staff, and that changed my life. What I didn't mention is the name of the school where I served on the yearbook staff or the school where I served on the high school newspaper staff. So I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to speak with a teacher who not only started a student newspaper and was yearbook advisor at my middle school, but is now an English teacher at my high school. Darrell Carter is joining us today to share how he helps his students see they have a voice and encourages them to share their stories through a student newspaper. He'll give us some tips on how to get started and share his journey after these messages. If you're on my mailing list or follow me on social media, you probably already know that the National Council of Teachers of English accepted my proposal. Let your light shine, building entrepreneurial collaborations to advocate, share, ELA expertise. That means that I'm going to Anaheim, California for the 2022 convention on November 17th through 20th. I wrote this proposal because I see that English teachers with years of experience, advanced degrees, and active participation in NCTE possess a wealth of expertise much needed by newly certified emergency and alternatively certified teachers. I also see, especially in today's political climate, that educators need to stop being afraid to shine a light on their work and start advocating for it. Education is a communal practice and teachers can build communities to support their work and contribute to their financial futures at the same time. Students also benefit when they see the real value of writing for a specific audience through their teachers, publishing company, or educational consultancy. By starting their own businesses, teachers are showing their students that someone they know can start a business, profit from it, and serve people through their work. By building their own stages, teachers can shape their own professional learning community and collaborate for the benefit of all. In this session, I share my journey that started with a teacher blog, which I converted into an educational publishing company. I partner with teachers and writers on blog posts, podcast episodes, curriculum and lesson plans, and professional development courses now. Teachers in this session will begin developing strategies to create a viable platform and discover their best audiences through writing prompts, small group collaborations, and scaffolding activities. Then they'll be introduced to key concepts for building an automated online system that will enable them to share their lights while still teaching or even as a full-time vehicle for education advocacy. To learn more about this presentation, go to rethinkela.com slash NCTE22. Welcome back to the Rethink ELA podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Boyd-Waters, and today I have an English teacher with me. He is Darrell Carter with Westmore High School, which also happens to be my alma mater. I'm so glad to have you here with us today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here with you. I'm excited. Me too, and I was really, really appreciative of having the opportunity to go to your classroom, not only just to kind of see where it is that you teach, but also to walk down those halls that I walked down an unspecified number of years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I think my picture was on the wall. I couldn't tell because I was surrounded by by 600 other people and it was a super small picture. (laughs) So I know I was in that photograph somewhere with the rest of my class, but I have no clue where. That's been lost in time. (laughs) (laughs) 
but the, the reason why I wanted to talk to you today was about a project that you've got going on in your classes and things you're doing. So you can kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are as a, a teacher and how you kind of arrived where you are now in education. All right. Well, uh, my name is Darrell Carter, as you know, already stated. Uh, this is uh, my I'm going into my eighth year teaching. Uh, I've been my first few years teaching. Uh, I taught over at a Roosevelt Middle School in Oklahoma City. That's where I got my bones. Uh, it really helped me grow as a person and as a teacher, but mainly as a person. I love I love that community. Um, then I spent my next five years at Highland West Junior High teaching English. And uh, I love that experience. Uh, those five years was exponential to uh, shaping me as a human being and as a teacher and as a person and as a man and everything. It was very uh, instrumental in making me who I am today. And uh, now I'm currently at Westmore High School. And so far, well, I've been here for three weeks and I can already feel like this might be home for me for a while. Uh, man, the culture there is rich. Uh, you can't, you know, it's, it's hard to put into words how diverse and how uh, poor an education is to everybody in that building. You know, it's just a... And you know, that's a long-standing culture because it, education was very important to people in that building when I was there. Um, and it was important at Highland West too. There's a essay that I wrote about um, getting in trouble on the first day of school, which happened at Highland West. And what had happened is I thought I was in trouble, but really I wasn't. It was my English teacher calling me in on the first day of eighth grade to say, we want you to be on the yearbook staff. And if they hadn't have done that, I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with you today. I would not be the person that I am today. So that school system, Highland West and Westmore, had such a huge impact on my life. Yeah. Oh, man. Highland West is definitely, uh, you know, it's up there as far as, like, how they value education and just value, you know, growing as a person, too. So yes. Yes. love that place. Excellent. So what can you tell me about um, your kind of your philosophy behind teaching English and, and teaching students? My goal, whenever I first introduce myself to my students and talk about my class with them, is to get them to get their put their cool down, and I want them to be able to have fun with what we're going to be going over. Um, I love English; it's something that I'm passionate about. I love writing; I write on the side, so it's something that I truly, you know, believe in. And I always want my students to feel like their words matter. And I feel like the best way to get them to feel like their words matter and to get them to try is to let them know, hey, this is a stress-free environment. Uh, everything that we do in here is going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to break you down. Nothing I'm going to say is going to be done to or said to hurt you or, you know, make you feel small. I want them to feel relaxed. I want them to feel comfortable. I want them to be, the, be their absolute self. So they can have fun in my classroom. And that's to me is where it all but all begins. You know, how do you uh, you know, how do you make an environment fun is something that I always try to tackle, you know. So what are some of the specific things that you do maybe at this time of the year to make things fun for the kids? 
take the pressure off of writing. I try to give them goofy writing prompts in the beginning of the school year, something that'll make them like laugh and giggle and also be like, why are we writing about this? Where did you get this idea from? Like, why are we writing about this topic? It's like, so, you know, get them to write about a squirrel eating a spicy chicken sandwich or something. That's what that's something I asked my eighth graders to write about a few years ago. And I remember when I came up with that prompt, I was like, man, I don't know about this. It's kind of left field, like, what? You know, I don't know where I got the idea from, to be honest. But I remember every single one of my students choosing that prompt and actually trying their best to write a poem over it. a squirrel eating a spicy chicken sandwich for the first time. And for me, it's just like, I just want them to have fun with it. You know, if they're not having fun with it, they're going to struggle or not want to do it. And, you know, even us, English teachers at the Oklahoma Writing Project, when you gave us that presentation or gave us that prompt in your presentation, we had fun with that, too. So, I mean, (laughs) it works for middle schoolers. It works for old English teachers. (laughs) It was such such an interesting thing. And you don't see that everywhere. You're like, wait, what? And that's all, that's where it starts, you know, just let them know, hey, we don't always have to be serious all the time, you know, we can laugh in this class, it's okay, like, it's okay to laugh at ourselves, I will do it a lot, (laughs) I laugh at myself a lot, it's like, I goof up sometimes, so I just want them to not feel pressure when they walk into my room and understand that it's a safe environment, and that this is a room where we're going to be doing a lot of editing, we're going to be editing our work and editing ourselves as well, so. Yeah. So we've talked about how you make writing fun in the, in the classroom at the beginning. One of the struggles that I've had is helping students see that writing is relevant to them right now. I mean, a lot of teachers will say, oh, well, you need to write because, you know, you want to have a job or you want to go to college. Well, a lot of kids, especially at the middle school and early high school level, aren't thinking that far ahead yet. So how can we make that relevant to them right now? Oh, right now. I always try to get them to put their thoughts on paper mm-hmm. because that's how we, that's how we make it relevant by making them realize what they think is relevant, what they feel is relevant, uh, and what they observe is relevant. So I want to start that way, you know, let them know, hey, it starts with us. What do we see? What are we experiencing? And then how can we expound that skill, like that ability to express what we see, what we feel into other outlets of writing mm-hmm. uh so making it you know kind of revolve around them at first right. you know that's something that i've noticed if you can find a way to make it make it impact them on their you know their daily life yeah so start with them start with their interests with you know who they are um, one of the ways that i've done that is surveying the students and find out what their interests are um, mm-hmm. and then creating writing prompts that We'll kind of pull that out of them or give them the opportunity to write authoritatively on a topic that that they're experts in at least compared to me i don't know anything about how to pitch a softball uh so you know the kid that's the pitcher on the softball team knows that and can write about that and then also one of the things that i've done is give them the opportunity to recommend prompts and so like i give them a google survey they recommend prompts for me and then i just pull some of those out periodically and you know, if I have their permission, if it's okay with them, put, in, you know, the prompt and then like the first name of the kid. And then they come into class and I'm like, oh, that's my prompt. Sometimes even if I don't tell the class that it's their prompt, they'll still call themselves out. And they're so excited that that was something that they wanted to know about. And then after they write, they share with each other. So they're all, like automatically getting published at that point. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, whenever a kid has an opportunity to get published, man, that's a that's a pretty awesome you know deal. You know? Absolutely. And speaking of being published, I understand that you you said that you're a writer, but you also have been or are being published. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. So I've been writing seriously, I guess, you know, professionally <laughs> since 2019. I've been trying to get a lot of stuff published, you know, uh, you know, uh, I think at this point, I think I have 20 pieces of poetry or creative nonfiction out there. So uh, that's kind of cool. But uh, it's something that I always want my students to feel like they can accomplish as well, because I am not special or unique in any way. <laughs> like if I tell my students, hey, if I can do this, like you can definitely do it too, you know? Exactly. Uh, yeah. exactly. And that is so important because a lot of students, and I was one of those kids, I didn't have anybody in my life who was a writer who was published and, you know, who am I to write or publish anything? And if it hadn't been for my teachers at Highland West, at Westmore, who said, you can write and we want you to, I'm going to call you down to the office and say, if you want to be on the yearbook staff, you need to sign up right now. Um, (laughs) If they hadn't have done that, then I never would have pursued that because I never would have thought that I could do it. And so it's so important for you to do what you're doing, standing in front of your class saying, I'm doing this, I'm writing, I'm getting published. You can do this too. And for that matter, I expect you to at least try. Oh, yeah. And eventually in the second semester, they wrote enough and they hopefully, uh, hopefully I've done a good enough job where I've created enough confidence into them where they're like, hey, you know what? I want to try to go ahead and submit some stuff. Like towards the end of the semester, uh, second semester, I might give them a link or a couple of links where they can send their stuff to get published. Mm-hmm. And I always get some kids like, hey, can you go over this for me? Like, can you review this for me? I want to send it out. Uh, can I, you know, can uh, we go over this after school for a little bit? Can I show you this poem? Can I show you a story or a song even? Yep. And I, I'm always about that, man. I, I want, yeah. you know, I want these kids to be seen. Absolutely. And when kids are coming to you wanting for you to read their work when they're wanting to work or revise and edit outside of class, you know, you you've all won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've, you've planted that seed and it's, you know, they're pouring some water on it. And so that's that is absolutely awesome. So what are some things that teachers can do in their classroom um, to encourage that? Well, I feel like one of the things that we can do is definitely just encouraging them to believe in their work and also reminding them that there's always going to be an audience for what you're writing, because a lot of kids feel like they're the only ones going through what they're going through, or they might think, oh, like, I'm not good enough as a writer, but it's like we have to expose them to other writers as well. We also have to let them know that, hey, your topic, your conversation is something that's been around for a long time. You know, it's relevant. So don't be afraid to let your voice be heard or to, you know, share your truth with other people because your truth might be somebody else's truth. They might be doing the same thing. They're waiting to hear somebody talk about that topic. You know, they're just waiting for someone to see them. So I just want my students to feel important. You know, you got to let them feel important because uh, if they don't, they're not even going to think about getting published. You're not going to think about writing, you know, so you have to really instill or help them uh, help instill confidence, help them find their voice. Yes. 
Yeah, and that's, I like the way you said that, find their voice, because a lot of, I hear teachers saying, I'm going to give my students a voice, but students already have a voice. They already mm -hmm. have a story. They have something to say. It's just a matter of, we provide a platform on which they can yeah. say it, and encouragement to climb up on the platform and say it. And, you know, that's what my teachers did for me, and that's, you know, what I try to do for my students. Um, also, in terms of writing and in class and building that learning community, it's so important to not only have the kids writing, but also sharing with each other, you know, a chosen group of people. Because like you were talking about students wanting to or needing to be seen, that helps them be seen by their peer group uh, and have choice over it and control over it, but also sharing. I you know, had some kids in class before say, you know, we've gone to school together since, you know, elementary school. And this was a really small school. So they literally had been going to school together for, you know, since kindergarten. And they thought they knew each other. But until we started writing um, in response to prompts and sharing with each other, they realized there's a lot that we don't even know that we didn't realize each other was going through or had experienced. And so that's important just from a learning community and just, you know, helping students with those social emotional skills that, you know, they oh, yeah. had suffered a little bit when they were separated from one another. Oh, yeah. Uh, I definitely learned that getting students to write has helped, you know, across the board, you know, it helps them juggle with issues that they might not be able to talk about out loud, you know? Yeah. So um, it's amazing that a kid will share in writing that, like you said, they can't, say out loud and it helps me see them for who they are and it, it you know it helped me to un have a better understanding who the kids are and how i could better help them as writers and as learners mm -hmm. so one of the things that you had mentioned when we had talked earlier is something about a newspaper that you guys did in class and of course my radar went up because i'm all about newspaper and <laughs> student newspapers in particular and so I was wanting to hear more about that and um, kind of how that project came into being. Well, uh, last year at Highland West, I tried to incorporate a newspaper for my students. Um, the goal was to interview students, just, you know, get a peek behind the curtain, like what's going on in their life, how they feel about sports or the world around them. Uh, I, but I mainly, the goal was to try to get kids published yeah. in a newspaper. I wanted to get their writing, you know, published and put in so like other students be able to look at their words and their work and see oh snap I can do this too you yes. know yes. and the first newspaper we did uh, I ended up publishing a student and uh, it was just watching how proud they were was like one of the greatest moments I ever had yes. as a teacher because they they bought multiple newspapers they were showing it off almost every single teacher that would look, look at it and to me like that was that was worth it you know? absolutely um, in the other room, I've got two binders full of the clips of articles that I've written, you know, going all the way back to, well, we, had, we didn't have a newspaper at Highland West. We had one at Moore West, which is where I went for ninth grade. And, you know, I still have those articles because it was so important for me as a writer to be published and then to have the rest of my peers read my work. And, and I know there was one story in particular that I felt I learned a lot from because we had, she wasn't an exchange student. Her father had moved down here from Canada uh, to work for a company or something. And so she was from Canada and I had learned from her that 
she spoke French because where she lived in Canada, you had to learn English and French. And I was just so fascinated by this. And so I did a feature story on her for our newspaper and got it published. And, and so other cool. people were able to learn about her and from her as a result of that. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. I feel like trying to learn from each other, you know, learning from different perspectives, learning about different perspectives through our work, you know, and I think that's pretty cool. Like that was kind of the goal, you know, I wanted people to learn about different lifestyles and different, you know, views from our kids, you know. So if I wanted to start a newspaper in my classroom, what would I need to do? Whew. Well, <laughs> if you wanted to start a newspaper in the classroom, one of the things you need to do is get the kids to buy in. Right. Because uh, primarily, like all I did was organize the newspaper and help, you know, distribute. Right. But as far as I, I ran the newspaper through my yearbook class. Okay. So my yearbook students were able to go around and interview and speak to other students, but primarily they also wrote the articles themselves. So they would write informational articles about the news, what's going on with uh, teachers, because we interviewed teachers. So that it took a lot of work, but one of the things that I, was, I think I was able to do with my kids is get them to buy into what we were trying to do and help them, you know, find that pride, you know, about, hey, like we're, we're creating a newspaper, like this is a cool thing. So you gotta get the kids to buy into the vision. Because if you don't, you're just gonna be doing this for yourself. And that's, <laughs> I think that would be tough. So once you had them, once they had bought in and they're writing students, like in your um, English classes, were they able to contribute writings to the newspaper? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Like my students, my students, uh, that have bought into the whole, like, I want to get published, like, they would write poetry, they would write stories, and they would try to get, you know, published as well. Uh, okay. That's kind of where I got the first publication, because I had this girl who really enjoyed poetry, but she did not want to know, like, she didn't want anyone else to know, or she didn't want anyone else to read her work at okay. first. But I had her in English class, and she, you know, she just kept going she was following through with her writing. She wouldn't stop and she would always, you know, show it to me and everything. And eventually uh, through English class, I was able to convince her to you know, let, let me publish your work. Nice, awesome. So once you had the work um, collected from the students, what did getting it from, you have this pile of work to publish, what did that process look like? That's tough. Um, I know the first publication, it was, I already told the student, like, hey, this is what we're going to be doing. And uh, this is kind of what I want to be, this is how I'm going to be setting it up. And uh, the other students, you know, uh, I would always try to put their work in, you know, I'll definitely try to incorporate it. But eventually, when I'm not going to lie to you, it became difficult to select, you know, because you can only, you can't put all of the, yeah poems together because also at the end of the day I was the one that was putting it up together myself I was organizing it myself and that that's what causes it to be a little bit more difficult uh it's not an easy thing <laughs> getting a newspaper set up in your class is not an easy thing to do but uh because you have to tell kids like hey maybe like not this issue but the next one right and then you have to do the choosing and the processing behind that you know and that's not necessarily the easiest thing to tell a kid, like, hey, like, not yet, you know. Yeah. But I think 
if I would have, if I would have started the school year with that focus and let, let my kids know, like, this is what we're going to be doing, it probably would have been a little bit easier. Right. Yeah, I think it would have been a little bit more easier. easier. And I think that might be an important conversation to have. You know, you might get three responses when, or three possible responses when you submit something. You know, yes, and we're going to publish it right now in our next issue, or, you know, not yet, um, which could be, you know, we need you to make some revisions and then we'll publish, and these are the revisions you need to make, or it might, you know, be a no, um, not at all. At least that's kind of in the academic world. I'm sure that at the middle school level, it's probably more of yes right now, or like you said, not yet. Um, and then working with the student to help them make whatever revisions or edits they need in order to prepare it. Mm -hmm. That is the thing, yeah, definitely coming up with the editing and the revisions and everything like that of that nature. Uh, so that took time as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had to go through and everything, like check the grammar, check like hey like make this word rule appropriate <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> but i think that's so important to go through that process because you know so many kids think that writing is one and done you know i've got a prompt or i have something i'm supposed mm -hmm. to write i'm going to write it down and then i'm never going to look at it or think about it again and that is not the way the writing process works mm -hmm. uh, i tell my students it's not completely finished until it's published you know, until like you've completely turned it into somebody else, you yeah. know, that's when it's over. But it's, I, I also love them know, like, hey, I have pieces of work that I've been working on for three years. I might mm -hmm. think it's done and then I'll look at it again, like, no, nah, I got to tinker <laughs> with it. No, nah, no, nah, this isn't finished yet. Yeah. So I always tell them, like, don't be ashamed if I have to go through and help you with this word. Like, don't feel bad if I have to make a change because it, it is what it is. It's still a living piece of, you know paper you know yep. absolutely when let's see i think i was at delcrest they had a student newspaper and it was put together i think in microsoft word um and then i you know for student newspapers on my own i've used what and i'm probably going to age myself here but PageMaker. it was aldous PageMaker at the time i've used quark express and you know just different <laughs> programs to do the layout of the paper what did you end up using oh man we tried so many different free apps <laughs> i was like <laughs> let me try to find this free app let me use this free app and eventually we came across it like hey this is not working you know uh, this is a little bit too difficult it's too you know it's too elaborate so what i ended up doing is just using word doc uh -huh. i just used microsoft word and i tried to just Google how to lay it out. Uh, try to my best to emulate what a newspaper would look like on a Word doc, and from there, like it, I had the most success doing that because I was able to save the template. And for the times that we created a newspaper, I was able to just go straight to that template I created. So all the other the newspaper apps were cool, but getting them to print in that way, like that digital layout, that physical layout as well, was just tough. Yeah, I hear you. So what are some other recommendations you would have for teachers who are thinking about starting like a newspaper or um, maybe if a teacher doesn't have a newspaper background and they're wanting to focus more on short stories and essays and poetry, that sort of thing. Maybe if they're wanting to do a literary magazine, what, what yeah. would you suggest to them? 
Well, one thing I would definitely suggest to teachers who are trying to get this started up and running in their class is to collaborate with other teachers as well. Yeah. Um, this is a project that's going to take a lot of time and energy on your end. So, and also by helping and like collaborating with other teachers, you're able to get more work. You know, you're able to expound like your newspaper's voice. So definitely collaborate with other teachers, let them know what you're trying to do. And hopefully like they'll be able to help you, but also make it where it's fun. Like what I got, like what I did with the newspaper, eventually the first issue sold maybe like 30 copies. Right. And I was like, all right, that's cool. That's awesome. But how can I make it more uh, appealing to students? So to make the second issue, I was like, yeah, let's make a page where we dedicate you know, dedicate the page to shoes as well. You know, let's put something on there where the kids can see like their favorite musicians, you know? So definitely make sure that you're speaking to the kids, you know, speak to their age group. That'll make it more fun. When you're, when you're selling newspapers and people are actually like picking them up, it makes it more enjoyable for the kids that are participating in the newspaper. Because they don't feel like their time is being wasted. Like, oh, like no one's looking at what I'm writing. No one's caring about you got to think about the age group as well, but also you got to collaborate with other teachers because they're going to help you out. Doing this by yourself is not an easy task. <laughs> what are some of the ways that other teachers helped you out with your newspaper? Well, one of the ways other teachers helped me is by talking or just actually buying the newspaper from me. <laughs> Whenever they bought the newspaper from me in front of other kids, that set a precedent. We're like, oh man, like people actually care. Yeah. You know, like it was super awesome. Like I had a coworker come in and buy a newspaper in front of my entire class. And then what did my kids do? Oh man, like I want to buy a newspaper. This teacher who I think is cool is doing it, then I'm going to support as well. So one of the things that teachers can do to help support is just support, you know, buy it, talk about it. You know, whenever I see a kid working, you know, kids work is in the newspaper, go up to that kid and say, hey, like, that's awesome. Yeah. I saw your work. I think that's dope. You know, encourage them because that will keep it going. When teachers don't buy the newspaper, like my kids paid attention to that, too. They paid attention to the teachers who didn't know there's a newspaper or openly said, oh, I'll get one later and like didn't get one. The kids definitely notice a, a few of them do that. And then they were like, well, okay, well, that kind of was a bummer. It's like, but you got to focus on the ones that do. That's what I always tell my kids, focus on the teachers that do. And uh, like I said, the teachers that support the newspaper are the ones that keep it alive. Absolutely. And I think one way that teachers <laughs> might be able to do that, you know, the teachers that didn't necessarily create the newspaper but let's say the junior English teacher is wanting to have kids write a poem, like we'll say a haiku. And mm -hmm. one of your kids wrote a haiku and it's in the paper. Well, here's how you write a haiku. And in our student newspaper, one of your friends wrote this haiku. Uh, and here's a, a model, a mentor text mm -hmm. that you can use to inspire you to write yours. And then the kids are like, wait, somebody my age who I know who's in my math class wrote that wow i can i can do that too i guarantee you if you want kids to read something put something in front of them that one of their friends wrote they will be right there reading whatever that is mm -hmm. as far as like motivation and even like a little competition man that's something i noticed 
Uh, I, had a, I had one English class where like the, my boys, I have football player boys who would always try to outdo each other and everything. So when they looked at each other's poems, like one day we had a poetry battle. Like they were just looking at each other's poems like, no, I can do better. And I had a whole assignment set up for that day, but they were just looking at each other's poems and then writing and trying, trying to outdo each other. I'm like, I, you know? They created <laughs> a better assignment. Let them do yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, this is pretty cool. Like the whole class is trying to outdo each other. Like, and they're writing like over and over and over again. I'm like, this is dope. So I feel like the same thing had happened to a poem, I mean, to a newspaper, you know? Like they look at their work, look at their peers' work and say, hey, you know what? I can do that too. Yep, you know, so. absolutely. So what is one thing that you would like to make sure teachers take away from this? What, what do you want them to get out of this? You got to make writing fun. Yeah. You have to make it relatable to yeah. the students. And the best way to do that is by making them feel, or not making them feel, making them know and realize that they are important, yeah. that their words are important. Them. It's got to be about them. Got to be about them. You have to make it about them, not about you, not about their future job, not about college. Like you have to make it about them because if they don't feel like it's about them and you think you feel like you make them feel like it's just a, a thing you got to do to get an A or a B in your class or something you have to do to get to where you need, need or want to be, they're not going to care about it as much. Exactly. You got to let them believe that their work and that their lives are important enough to be looked at and valued. Absolutely. And that's, that's how they will remember. Because I don't remember all the worksheets that I had to do in school, but I remember the stories where I sat down with one of my peers and we hashed out an editorial and Mm -hmm. tried to use all the big words that we could think of. (laughs) I remember sitting Um, in an editorial meeting, deciding which newspaper articles that we needed to write for that month. So, you know, when you make it relevant to them and important to them, then they're going to remember, they're going to be more confident. And I'm sorry, I got to throw a little bit of school in here, a little bit of my school in here, but we're taking, I'm taking curriculum theory this semester. It's my third semester as a doc student. (laughs) And this is, you know, learner-centered curriculum theory right here and you know I'm thinking at the high school level in particular and middle school it's got to be learner centered because they've gotten to the point where they're like you know this is dumb why am I doing this well because mm-hmm. it's about you 100 percent yes absolutely it's about well, them thank you so much for your time I appreciate you joining us and I will talk to you later All right. Thank you for having me. It's good to talk to you. Looking for ideas to help you engage students in reading in your classroom? I've got your back. I am updating the new curated short stories library with on-demand professional development to help you create your own lesson plans using what you know about your students and our resources. The library also includes an entire year of short story resources we have curated just for you. Who needs new textbooks? Not you. With our curated short stories library, you have links to PDF and or Word files of the short stories you need for your students. Even better, no more hunting for videos or audios to engage your students' interests. I have curated these resources for you and included them in an easy-to-access system on the Rethink ELA website. 
Just log into your account and download the resources you need to your computer, upload them to your school's private course management system, or display them on your classroom interactive board. Not a member yet? Just go to RethinkELA.com slash Curated Library and join us. Thank you for listening to Rethink ELA Podcast. I'm Michelle Waters, and I can't wait to give you a few resources I've developed to help you create a student-centered, collaborative, and creative learning environment. Download these resources when you join our mailing list at RethinkELA.com slash news.